Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. first episode back Woohoo! yay yes so i had to come back with a like kind of big case and this case is also kind of taking us back to our roots yeah. <laughs> if you will and i will just give a someone said they didn't like when we say trigger warning but i just feel like you know you gotta no, have you that have sometimes. to yeah so there is a trigger warning uh there is kidnapping rape sexual assault involving a child so that's not your cup of tea then by all means skip the next well skip this episode yeah say that for now and this is a highly requested case yes and i took the time to read the book so the case the episode is going to be long and it's going to be very detailed and yeah yeah it's it's a really good book so i i recommend it yeah i'm excited that you're covering covering it because i read this book probably back in like 2017 and i thought it was a really good book but i don't remember a lot of it because it was so long ago so i'm excited that you're covering it because this is a like i said very highly requested case i've gotten this request on tiktok a ton too like people want to know this case and i know you're gonna do an amazing job covering it thanks okay so let's just dive right in i'm leaving you guys on the edge of your seats i'm sure (laughs) so For 11-year-old J.C. Dugard, June 10th, 1991 was a typical Monday morning. Her mom, Terry, normally would come into her room and kiss her goodbye before going to work, and then J.C. would get up for the day and get ready for school. But that particular morning, her mom accidentally left without kissing her bye, and J.C. recalls in her book... Um, remembering, thinking that she would get to hug her ki- hug and kiss her mom that evening when she got home from work. Oh. And I know that just like tugs at your heartstrings yeah. because, you know, you know what happens. But. It really does. So JC had kind of overslept a little bit. So she had to like quickly get ready for school. She didn't want to be late and upset her stepfather, Carl, who they seem to have kind of a troubled relationship. There's a like some tension. Um, and she kind of felt like Carl didn't treat her in the best way. Um, okay. Definitely did not treat her like his own, which That's so can sad. be problematic, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that day she put on a butterfly ring that her mother had given her for her seventh birthday. Um, and she was trying to find a ring that she had purchased the day before. But she couldn't find it, so she just wore that one instead, which... Okay. It's kind of weird how it all worked out, because that was something that, like, helped her through her time. So before she left for school, she peeked in on her baby sister. The night before, she had been talking to her mom about wanting to get a puppy, and her mom said no. And she was, like, really upset because she really wanted a dog. Um, And they had been in her baby sister's room and her mom was like folding laundry and stuff and they were talking. So she went in there, peeked in on her baby sister before she left for school, told her bye. And then she went into the kitchen, made her breakfast, 
um, and her lunch for the day. And then, like I said, she was kind of running a little bit late, so she had to, like, scarf down her breakfast so she wouldn't be late for school. Okay. JC grew up in Anaheim. But now she and her family lived in Tahoe, California, obviously. Yep. Um, or maybe not obviously for some people who don't live in the U.S. or don't know places in California. Yeah. And Tahoe is like north, like Anaheim is like Southern California where Disneyland is and Tahoe Disneyland. is like Disneyland. I, <laughs> I love Yeah. I love Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> so she typically walked to the bus stop in the mornings and in the afternoons. Um, occasionally her mom or Carl would pick her up, um, but her mom couldn't take her to school in the mornings because she worked. And Carl suggested that she walk to the bus stop. It wasn't a super far walk, but JC didn't feel comfortable doing it. Um, cause like the, just the way the road was and it was on a hill and right. she just, she just wanted to be, you know, taken to school. I guess maybe she had been taken to school before and now she wasn't. So yeah. it was just kind of a pain. It was just one more thing like her and Carl didn't agree on. So that morning she started up the hill on the right side of the road and she was thinking about how excited she was that there was only one week left of school. Cause like I said, it was June. So they were about to get out for the summer. Right. She had plans that summer to work on a dude ranch with her friend, um, and she was hoping that her mom and Carl would give her the okay to pursue that. She hadn't talked to them about it yet, but um, she was very hopeful that they would be like, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. Okay. So as she's walking to the bus stop, she's daydreaming, and a car pulls up beside her, and the driver, who was a man points a taser gun and shoots her with it terrifying jc does not realize what is happening to her she doesn't even she doesn't even know what a taser gun is but she just feels paralyzed by the gun and she drops down and her body is like numb and tingly but she does try to crawl away she like tries to crawl backwards with her hands but her body like literally feels like it's paralyzed and she doesn't have control over her limbs that's so scary i know so try as she might she cannot fight the man off he picks her up and shoves her down into the back of his like the back seat floorboard of his car and covers her up jc realized that she has wet her pants from the shock i'm sure of the taser gun and, and maybe just yeah and maybe just you know being scared in general and i feel like those are so, I mean, when you see people like being tased for training or, you know, police training or whoever yeah. has to do it, it's intense and they fall over and that's adults. Can you imagine like a yeah. tiny little child and what it would do to your body? So when I was, this is stupid, but when I was in high school, one of my friends had one of those like handheld tasers. Oh, yeah. And we like tased each other with it. <laughs> and it does. It's like, it's. It you ha- you lose control over oh, that part of your body. So if you're being shot with a gun, I can only imagine like like you said, like grown ass men, like two hundred pound, like yeah, muscular military men. police, yeah, yeah, takes them down. So yeah, yeah, I can't imagine what it would do to a tiny little body. I know, eleven year old girl. Yeah. So JC's confused as to why she can't move and what this electrical s- shock is radiating through her. She's scared. She's helpless. She doesn't know what to do. Um, And I guess just from shock, she passes out. When she awakes, she can't see anything, but she hears two voices, a man's voice and a woman's. The man offers her a drink and 
she gladly takes it because, you know, she's thirsty. Yeah. The man then begins boasting about how he actually got away with taking JC and all she can feel is dread. When they arrive to the man's home, he warns JC she cannot talk or try and run. That he has two very aggressive dogs and they will attack her if she tries to scream or get away for help. I hate that. So JC is terrified and she agrees because she's 11. She's a kid. Of course, if adult an adult tells you something, you yeah, generally you believe, them. believe it. Yeah, especially in 1991, like before true crime, you know, I mean, yeah. true crime existed then. But, you know, now we have all these shows and podcasts and yeah. everything. So. Yeah, I mean, kids trust adults. Like, yeah. that's just what they're taught to do. So if an adult is telling you, be quiet, or a dog is going to attack you, like, yeah, you're going to listen. You're going to be quiet. Exactly. Yeah. He then throws a blanket over JC's head and leads her into the home. JC recalls thinking that he looked like a normal guy, not a bad guy, but he definitely is a bad guy because he kidnapped her. Mm-hmm. He then shows her the taser and tells her not to try to get away or he'll use the taser on her again. The man takes JC to the bathroom and tells her to remove her clothes which makes her freeze in fear this part this next part is just the worst i, I didn't i like didn't want to include it but it, it's it's, it's to me it's like kind of vital to the story yeah um i did leave out some of the stuff but yeah so just be prepared yeah he then proceeds to remove her clothing because she was of course frozen in fear and did not want to take off her clothes in front of this strange man. Yeah. And he proceeds to also remove his clothes and asks JC to touch his penis. Oh. Then he tells her to get into the shower and he gets in with her. He tells her that he is going to shave off all of her body hair. And she is very confused as to why he wants to do this. You know, she's... Probably just beginning to have yeah. body hair. And she's like, 11. Yeah. Like, she's probably already super confused with, like, what's going on with her body. And now he's trying to take it all off. And I feel like at 11, and I mean, again, this is the 90s, so who knows how different it was. But, like, at 11, you're maybe just barely getting, like, sex ed classes in school. Like, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. that's, like, nowadays in, I think, yeah. in, like, fifth grade, we had like one talk on this is what a period is for the girls yeah but that's it like you probably have no clue what he's like touch me trying and to like, do what the like, yeah oh yeah how fucking sick yeah yeah she has no like she's never seen a, a penis before you yeah. know and now this strange man is like forcing her to touch him it's just and then saying disgusting. i'm gonna shave off all your hair she's probably like why like yeah why would you do for that? what purpose yeah yeah, yeah. so disgusting yeah absolutely sick honestly this guy like makes ariel castro look not quite as bad like obviously yeah. they're both still disgusting yeah. monsters but like the shit that she was so young i mean i yeah. guess uh, they weren't as young as jc but i mean it's just i mean yeah and castro still did a lot of really bad shit yeah but like this just if that gives you any indication of how bad this guy was, that we're saying he's a little tiny bit worse than Castro, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty definitely pretty is. fucking bad. Yeah. After the shower, JC began sobbing and the man tries to comfort her. She said in her book, quote, It felt like a rabbit being comforted by a lion. 
Wow. Which I think that's profound and perfectly put. Yeah. She then asks the man when she can go back home, and he says, I'm not sure. JC offers up the fact that her family would gladly pay a ransom to get her back, even though they don't have a lot of money, in which the man didn't reply. But he then took her through the backyard into another building. Um, and that building had some, like, different rooms. And in one of the rooms, there was a makeshift bed of blankets on the floor. And he tells her that that's where she'll be sleeping. He then handcuffs her with fuzzy handcuffs. Oh, God. Which is like, what? I don't the know. I don't fuck? know why that's so bothersome to me. But, like, that, when, when I heard that, because she's, again, an 11-year-old girl. Why is there fur? Yeah. Or, whatever on these handcuffs yeah so he handcuffed her he turned around and he left the room locking it behind him jc then cries herself to sleep realizing that this actually was not a typical monday at all Mm. the man that took jc is was philip garrido i think that's how you say it garrido with the help of his wife nancy which i could get on a whole other tangent about that bitch oh yeah which I probably will later, but right now. Yeah. So really quick, I'm just going to go through some of the history of this shit bag. Um, even though I don't want to, but I think some of it is important to yeah. speak about. Um, Philip was born in Pittsburgh, California. Didn't know that was the place. I but, did not yep, either. Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh um, California on April 5th. 1951 he graduated from high school in 1969 and began abusing substances around that same time and was arrested for possession later that year philip was again arrested in 1972 for drugging and raping a 14 year old girl but the charges were dropped after the victim refused to testify i'm sorry but can't sorry just hit my mic sorry i'm i'm doing things with my hands because i'm being aggressive and i'm upset right now yeah um I don't care if the victim um, refuses to testify, then the state or the county should step in. Yeah. When it's a 14 fuck, like a 14 yeah. year old girl shouldn't have to testify. Exactly. In 1976, so just four years later, he abducted a 25 year old woman and raped her in a warehouse. Thankfully, this time, Philip was arrested and sentenced to 50 years in federal prison for kidnapping and another five years to life on state charges of sexual assault. So why is there state charges? Sorry, just hit my mic again. Why is there state charges for this case, but not for the right. 14-year-old girl and who that knows he raped? What would have happened had he been convicted of that rape? Probably this would have never happened. Yeah. He would have not gone on to rape the 25-year-old woman or have the opportunity to kidnap JC. Yeah. So, wouldn't you know, he only served 11 years of his sentence and was paroled in 1988. Of course he did. Philip was also a bit of a religious fanatic, and he created a website spreading, quote-unquote, God's desire... According to later psychiatric reports, Philip was a sexual deviant who masturbated in restaurants, bars, and outside of schools, and he had exposed himself to schoolgirls as young as age seven. Jesus. Yeah. JC became 
understandably so, depended on Philip for all of her basic needs. Yeah, because he made that happen. Yeah. He controlled when she ate and drank, when she bathed, and even her bathroom needs. She conveyed in her book that, sadly, she started looking forward to his visits because she craved human interaction so badly, which is like that... There's like a name for that. Um, It's like... I can't remember the freaking term. My brain's blinking out. But there's a, a term for where you like... You end up like either falling in love with or having like a parental relationship with your captor because that's all you know, especially when you're so young. Yeah. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. Yep. yep. And it, it happens and it's a thing. And so many people are like, like, why wouldn't you turn your How? captor in? Why? Or why this? Yeah. Why that? And it's like, no, it fucking happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when you're so young like this. Like, you, your yeah. brain's not even fully developed. Like, how can you have yeah. the wherewithal to, like... You wouldn't. You, know. you would... Yeah. So, sometimes he would put on silly voices and try to make JC laugh and smile. Um, and he was very, very manipulative, manipulative and persuasive. So, he would, like, do these nice, quote-unquote, nice things and, like, silly things to try to, like, build her trust. And then, you know... We'll see later what his whole end game was, obviously. So a week after, you know, Philip takes JC to his home, he came into JC's room to bring her food. And she recalled that specific day being very hungry and not remembering the last time that she had eaten. Like some days he would only feed her twice. He would only come in her room or he would only feed her once. And he would only come in her room like once a day to bring her food and to um, let her use the restroom. And sometimes she would have to use the restroom wherever she could. Her wrists were raw from the handcuffs. He tells her that she can have her food and milkshake after they are done. JC thought to herself, done? Like, done with what? He then takes off the handcuffs and recuffs her hands from the back to the front. He makes her lay down. He removes his clothing. And for the first time, he rapes JC. Like I said, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about this horrific encounter, but I will tell you it is absolutely gut-wrenching what he does to her. Um, so fucking sick. Yeah, it's it was this book is I mean, it's really hard to read. Um, but I'm very glad that like she had the courage to share her story cuz yeah. This shit happens, you know. JC didn't even know at the time that she had been raped. She wasn't familiar with that word or what it meant. Um, And that encounter, unfortunately, would be the first of many. Mm. JC would frequently daydream and, quote, go away, as she called it, to sort of disassociate from what was happening to her. She expressed to Philip how alone she felt, and he told her that he would bring her a kitten. JC loved cats. He knew that. Um, And she was excited to have something to do and someone to spend time with, even if it was just a cat. Around this time, Philip started to leave the cuffs off of JC while he was gone, and she was grateful for that. JC hadn't bathed or brushed her teeth in weeks, and she longed to be able to do so. Sometimes, Philip would bring her a warm bucket of water to bathe with, but it wasn't the same, obviously, as taking a real bath. Right. It's nothing, not even close to being similar, I feel like. No. You can't, I mean... You can get the the stink off, I guess, Um, but you can't really, like, cleanse yourself, you know? 
JC would sometimes sneak around and explore the building that she was kept in, being careful not to get caught. Um, but he always knew when she would do that. So she wasn't sure if he was like spying on her. Or he had cameras set up, but he would threaten her like, do not try to escape. I have two Dobermans outside and they will attack you because you're a stranger to them, you right. know? And that was enough to keep her, you know, put. Philip brought her a small black and white TV to pass the time, which did bring JC some comfort. Um, but she was still hopeful that he would bring her a kitten as he had promised. Finally, one day, he brings her a cat. And JC was a little disappointed because it wasn't a kitten. It was an older, like it was a young cat, but it was an older cat. So it was like almost full grown. But she right. was happy to have the have the company. Have a companion. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being locked in a room, like, all day, all night, for days, years on end, like... Oh my gosh, that, honestly, that's, like, one of my biggest fears, because I, like, I mean, for obvious reasons, but also, like, I am, I can, I hate being alone, and I hate not having, like, something, I'm always multitasking, like, I'm watching TV, I'm playing on my phone, I'm eating i'm playing on my phone or watching tv like i'm always doing two <laughs> yeah. things so the thought of being like stuck in a room and literally having nothing to do nothing i know also can you hear my freaking dogs going crazy right now yeah <laughs> i think they're howling at each other so what happens oh, when you i was get gonna say is, huskies. is robert home but he is she named the cat tigger because it was a orange and white like Aww. you know kind of tiger striped cat yeah Unfortunately, the small amount of happiness for JC was short-lived, and Philip takes the cat away due to the smell, because she has pooped and peed all over the room, because he doesn't clean her litter box. Yeah. And JC can't clean it, because she doesn't have a trash can and can't leave the freaking room. Yeah. So, while JC is devastated, she realized that it's for the best, because this is no environment for a cat, and that she's better off somewhere she can run and play, and... That she's probably, like, one of the reasons she's using the bathroom, not in the litter box, number one, because it's filthy, but number two, maybe she's acting out, mm. which this is this is profound to me because she's saying that this is no environment for a cat, um, but, like, it's no environment for a little girl either. But she doesn't really say that, although I'm sure she thinks that now, you know, looking back, but that she was so concerned about the cat, yeah. you know. Wow. I know. So, after the shower incident, she was not allowed to get redressed. So, she has been in a towel Jesus. for weeks. So, basically, she's nude. She has a towel to cover up. That's it. So, finally, after weeks of this, Philip does bring her a pink flower jumpsuit and some underwear. And he also, at this time, moves JC to another room in the building. In this room, it's a it's a larger room, which is nice, and it has a blue couch, a desk, a TV on a stand, and a bucket in the corner, which is going to be her bathroom, which is better than her situation before, you know. No one wants to go to the bathroom in a bucket, but at least she has something. Something. And it, it reminded me so much of the Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. kidnappings because, like, he would... Like, she would use the bathroom, and it would fill all the way up and, like, overflow, and he wouldn't change it and stuff. Yeah. And that's, like, the same shit that Ariel Castro did to those girls. And it's just, like, like, you're a piece of shit. I get that. But, like, have a little bit of decency. Yeah. Like, you're you're using this 
child for sex, like at least allow them to be go clean. to the bathroom and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, this room was larger, and it had three big windows, which were covered in towels. Um, And they also had, so this building, the way I'm picturing it is, like, kind of like a, like a pool house or, like, a mother-in-law suite that's, like, detached from the rest of the house. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And all the windows had, like, bars on them. That's so creepy. I know. So, I was like, I don't know if he added those to, like... Probably. her from escaping or if it was just like that because like i don't know she also notices that there is a big bucket of water which has now become an indicate an indicator for her that that he's going to sexually assault her why does the water indicate oh because he would allow her to clean herself up after oh right 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 okay and since there's no like shower or bath right. there like that was the way she cleaned up because okay yeah so Philip then tells JC that she'll be going on a run with him and that she'll need to stay up with him as he plans to use crank. So crank is another name for the drug methamphetamine. Um, meth can cause intense mood swings from positive to like positive, happy moods to dark, violent and angry ones. It can also cause high blood pressure and rapid breathing. It can make someone highly energetic, talkative, and unable to sit still, focus, or even sleep. So when Philip refers to these runs, it means that he's planning to use meth, stay up for hours or days, and to use JC to fill all of his sick fantasies. That's so fucked up. It is. It really is. He explains to her... That this is a way for him to get it out of his system and that he has a quote-unquote sex problem. And he tells poor little JC that he took her so he wouldn't have to hurt anyone else. And that she's helping him and helping other people. Then why don't you go fucking pay somebody to have sex with you if you have a sex problem? Yeah, I know. Or do it with your fucking wife. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Or leave your wife, and I'm sure that there's young girls who will do it with you if they really want, or if you yeah. pay them. Like, you don't have to fucking steal an 11 year old girl for your quote unquote sex problem. Your sex problem, I know. And I can't imagine like how com- how confusing that is because like that's manipulation and gaslighting because he's yeah. saying like you're helping me, you're helping other people, and she obviously has that spirit about her. Right. Anyway, and it's just beyond foul that he's using this type of manipulation on her to excuse, like, try to excuse yeah. raping an eleven-year-old. Yeah, because it makes him feel better about what he's doing. Yeah. So after this particular encounter, um, JC actually started her cycle. So obviously, like you know, we know biology. Yeah. If you have sex for the first time, you tend to sometimes bleed, um, which did happen with their first encounter, but this was different. So he explained to her, he explained to her that she had started her period, basically. The fact that your ki- her kidnapper was the one who explained a period to her, that's just... I know. There's no words. I know. And JC um, stated in her book that the first year was the worst. I can imagine. Yeah. 
So after the first year, so we're going to fast forward some some ways, um, she was finally introduced to Nancy, Philip's so wife. So she hadn't met him yet, other than or her yet, other than hearing her voice in the car. Correct. She didn't even see her. Yeah. Wow. When he got her out of, I guess he didn't want to introduce them you know, for lots of different reasons. Um, yeah. But Nancy knew that she was there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. She fucking knew. Yeah. yeah. She's just as fucking guilty. She didn't. Well, anyway, we'll get into all that. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm not going on that tangent right now. Because <laughs> to me, it's almost worse. Like, it's not worse, but it's almost, almost. worse that she's a woman and, and she allowed this to happen. Yeah. Philip told JC that Nancy would be the one bringing her food from now on and that he um, wanted them to spend time together and get to know one another because Nancy was jealous of JC, which, duh. Yeah, no shit. But also don't tell an 11-year-old girl that because... That's sick. I don't know. Yeah. JC is so shocked that the other person that helped take her was not only a woman but also his wife... So when she heard them speaking, like, she thought that it sounded like a woman's voice, but she couldn't tell, like, 100% because she's, like, in the floorboard and, like, has her head covered with stuff. Right. And and she does not understand, for the life of her, how a wife could be okay with these horrible things happening to her. Mm-hmm. Which I can't either. I mean, it's like you see her as, like, um, you know, a mother, a wife, a mother, like... yeah your mom is a wife and so you see that's how you see it and she this person is like not acting like you would expect a mother to act yeah she does a lot of questionable stuff and i'm just like "Mm." yeah so jc you know she's tells them and she writes in her book about how alone she felt and how isolated she felt so they were nice enough i guess you could say to get her a nintendo and a purple bear to help her not feel so alone it does help but it's not the same as human interaction and obviously it's not the same as like allowing her to go home and be with her family right when nancy visits jc she tells her about her job and how she cares for elderly people jc doesn't enjoy her company for the most part but at first she's unsure how to feel about nancy just because of the fact that, you know, like you said, she's a woman and she's his wife and she's allowing this to happen. And, of course, yeah. you know, she's jealous of her and she doesn't know, like, if she says the wrong thing, if she's going to get upset. So they bring JC a mini fridge and they fill it with chocolate milk and regular milk. And they also bring her cereal so she can, like, eat as she wants because, you know, they only come in once or twice a day. Um, to feed her so then at least she has the opportunity to eat more if she wants so she's right. not going hungry all day and for her 12th birthday she received a barbie from nancy i i have no words i hate it i hate it so much philip tells jc that not only is she helping him by letting him have sex with her she's also helping nancy because nancy doesn't like having sex and since she's or since he's having sex with JC, he doesn't have to annoy Nancy with sex. Like, how convoluted is that? <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have words. It's so sad. It's just so freaking sad because she is a kid, and she probably at that time really thought like she yeah. was helping. You know, I'm sure she believed it. She was like, "Oh, okay. I'm. I'm. 
doing this to help him and to help her and to help other children not get hurt. Like, yeah, like better me than them. Yeah. But when he goes on his runs and he makes JC do all these terrible things and he's all high and he's all talkative, he talks about wanting to bring Nancy in to like have sex with JC and him and... And Ugh. she's like, I do not want to have sex with Nancy. Like, that is just too far. Like, she's, yeah. I mean, she doesn't want to have sex with him either. But she just, she she's really terrified of this happening. So after the first year, the dynamic between the three of them did change. They began spending more time together. They would sometimes eat meals together, which usually consisted of fast food. And Philip would rent movies and they would watch them together, kind of like a family. Wow, so familial, so... Yeah. JC would express her loneliness to Nancy and ask her to stay often when she would come and bring her food, but typically Nancy would not stay. Her excuse for not wanting to stay was due to her guilt, and she told JC that she wished they never took her. Uh, But you did. uh, But you fucking did. Yeah, then do something about it. Yeah. Like, she had ample opportunities to let J.C. go, and she never did. Yeah. In 1993, when J.C. was 13 years old, she began noticing she hadn't seen Philip in a few days. She was thankful for that because he wasn't using her for sex, but she was curious why he wasn't around. One evening, Nancy came in to watch a movie with J.C. and told her that he went to live on an island with one of his rich friends and that he'd be gone for a whole month. JC was beyond excited, um, but she couldn't show her excitement because Nancy seemed really sad that he was gone. That night, Nancy also allowed JC to sleep with her in the big bed instead of instead of on the floor pallet like she typically did, which That's is weird. So I'm like, heartbreaking. Like, why? Why are you letting her sleep with you? I don't yeah. know. I guess she thought that was helpful. I don't know. When she finally did see Philip again, she was actually happy to see him. Despite the horrific things that he did to her, he did keep her company and make her laugh more than Nancy did. She did notice that he had a strange device on his ankle, and she was like, hmm, I wonder what that's about. And he did later tell her that he was on house arrest and that the thing on his ankle was an ankle monitor. He had been arrested for violating his parole and went to jail due to his parole officer finding a pipe in their home. Which he tells JC that it was Nancy's pipe and it was her fault that he got arrested. And JC, like, figures that's why she was so sad. Right. She would, like, cry while he was gone and stuff. Wow. Yeah. So this asshat is in jail while having a captive young girl in his house and his wife is taking care of her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and says, oh, it was it was Nancy's fault and I didn't deserve to, mm-hmm. to be in jail. Yeah. And she could have let her go. And she could have left him. Yeah. Day 907 of JC's captivity was Christmas Day. Philip and Nancy were going to his mother's house to celebrate and they told JC that they'd bring her a plate of food back. Plate of food back. Her plans for the day were to watch the Today Show, play Nintendo, take a nap, and eat her Christmas dinner. Oh. 
Which, like, under any other circumstances would sound like a really nice day, but no. she's in captivity. Oh, so. that breaks my heart. During these years, JC was often shuffled back and forth from the tiny room that she was originally in to the larger room. And the larger room, they actually called it a studio, or they referred to it as the studio, um, partially because Philip would play music in that room and he would like have friends over and they would smoke pot play music all night long who does that sound like ariel castro oh i was like what yeah i know literally wow he he did that too he would move her move them to the basement and his friends would come over and they would drink and listen to music salsa music music sometimes i think they did i think they would play music as well oh yeah philip actually really enjoyed playing instruments and he was According to JC, he was, like, pretty uh, talented, and he played several of them very well. So why doesn't he just go do that with his life? I know. Go be a successful musician. Don't fucking kidnap children. Exactly. He didn't... I don't even think he ever, like, really worked. Probably not. And then Nancy, oddly, was learning to play the drums, and she had, like, all these drum books, and she had her own set of drums, and... I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Good for you, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Nancy began talking about getting another kitten for JC shortly after Christmas that year. She had been checking the paper and found a four-week-old fluffy white kitten, and they went to go pick her up for JC. However, it wasn't long before Philip got rid of the kitten, too, because her hair was getting all over everything, and she would whine and cry during their runs and it would just make him very upset and agitated because he's like high on meth right jc had several kittens during her time with philip and nancy the most special being eclipse who she was able to keep the longest all of the kittens philip eventually got rid of though so she didn't get to really keep any of them for any long period of time Easter Sunday of 1994, the three of them spent the whole day together. They watched the Ten Commandments, which I guess is a movie. Um, They ate a ham dinner that Philip's mother had made. And Philip and Nancy got JC an an Easter basket filled with candy. So sweet. So kind. So generous. So fucked. (laughs) I know. It's so weird because it's like they treat her like they're like... They treat her like she's their child, but then he rapes and molests and yeah. assaults her. And well, some people Nancy's do that just to like, their children. That's true. That is true. They're biological children, which is beyond yeah. anything I can fathom. They also tell JC that they need to talk to her about something. They've noticed that JC has been gaining weight and that she has be- begun began to waddle when she walks no jc tells them that she does notice that she's gained some weight and she tells them that she's also been having some stomach pains and cramping um as well and that is when philip tells her that we think you may be pregnant and jc is terrified that's so sad too that like she didn't she wasn't knowledgeable enough about that type of stuff to, like, be able to know she was pregnant. Yeah. To the point where they noticed it physically. Yeah. Because she, 
like you said, she probably, if anything, had one sex ed class that was very vague about, like, starting your period and, you know, whatever. I don't even remember, like, what they teach you. But it's, like, yeah, it's pretty, like, scientific, you know, level, surface level. So she probably didn't. And, like, until you get to a certain age i feel like your parents don't really talk to you about getting pregnant at 11 yeah especially that like in the 90s it was probably talked about a lot less and like Mm -hmm. yeah she probably had no clue yeah so she's 13 years old and she's pregnant with this man's baby and that is actually going to be all for today (laughs) so yeah so that's for that's part one. That's covering, you know, the first year and her finding out that she's pregnant and just the dynamic between the three of them. It's so creepy and heartbreaking how she was she hated him, obviously, but she hated Nancy so much more that like when mm-hmm. he came back, she was happy. I know. And just because he spent time with her, which of course he did, because he wants to, you know, yeah, gain her trust and get her, like... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes sense that she'd be happy to see him, because this person is literally, she depends on him for everything. Like, yeah. not just for interaction and, like, a quote-unquote friend, but literally for, like, her life. She has yeah. to depend on him because she's trapped. Yeah, and it's like he is kind of like a parental figure for her because she's a child and he takes care of her. And if he doesn't take care of her, then she'll starve and yeah, not be able to survive. Yeah. So if you guys don't know this story, JC was in Philip's captivity for 18 years. And so, so much we're, more happens. We're basically just scratching the surface here. Um And I was going to go into, like, her pregnancy and stuff like that, but there's some other stuff that kind of goes along with that that I wanted to leave for the next episode. Um, Yeah. So. All right. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. That'll be our next episode out because this is a, a crazy case. It really is. And like I said, I highly encourage um you guys to check out her book i will have it like linked in the show notes so you can read it if you want um like i said it goes into a lot of a lot of details that i personally don't feel comfortable going into yeah but that are important to tell her story because the the abuse the sexual abuse and assault that she endured no one should ever have to endure no especially an 11 year old girl no and didn't she write it, like, if I recall, it's kind of just written as, like, her spewing out her thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of like, it's in, like, a story format. Like, even my research is story format, because I'm just basically basing everything off of her words right. in her book. And it was, she wrote it pretty much right after she was, because, spoiler alert, she does escape, and she is a survivor, uh, so she wrote the book. She actually didn't want to write it at first, but then she realized how important it was for her to tell her story because it will help so many people yeah. who have gone through this. And I agree, like, just having hope and, you know, giving that hope to other people that either are, are have gone through it or, you know, might go through it in the future. Yeah. Um, 
heaven forbid, but so she, you know, did decide to write the book and she actually wrote two books. Um, I haven't read the second one, but I haven't either. Yeah. So good for her. That is all that I have for you guys today on JC Dugard. Like, whew, it's so sad what she, yeah, it is. It's a lot to unpack, especially like as a parent, like I got really emotional during a lot of parts of the book because of putting myself like in her parents position and like thinking about my kids it's just horrific like no one should ever have to go through anything like that so no yeah it's her story deserves to be told so i'm glad you're covering her case yeah even though it's so i hope i do it justice i think you are so Everything is from her book, so there's nothing like no hearsay or rumors or, you know, gossip or anything like that. Because, you know, sometimes people can get details, like, misconstrued and, like, make bigger deals out of things that, you know. So I'm I'm glad I get to tell her story to you guys. I'm sure, like, a lot of you know about it, but if you don't, this is is part one. So stay tuned for part two. It will be out on Thursday. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be posting pictures on our Instagram like we always do and on our Facebook. If you're not following us on Instagram, it's inhuman underscore podcast. And over on Facebook, it's just inhuman podcast. Yep. Right? Um, I also wanted just to give a quick little shout out to a few of you that said that you missed me and you're glad that I'm <laughs> back because that means a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> for you Somebody. to take time out of your day just to like say welcome back yeah we missed you a lot and somebody said they missed your laugh which like same yeah i know that was so sweet the girl on facebook i was gonna like write down everyone's names but i was like i'll just give a general shout out to all you guys that were like we actually miss you we love our listeners we love you guys we do i do i love you guys so much because we've gotten some like you know not great feedback sometimes and it's just nice to get good feedback yeah. because it makes you feel like everything you're doing is worth yeah your time and worthwhile so thank you guys so much for for, for the warm welcome back yeah. <laughs> yeah for everything yeah for real for literally everything and for sticking with us through the uh rough solo episodes yeah they were not rough <laughs> they were good i felt so awkward. but i know what you mean you just feel weird you're like talking to yourself yeah. so yeah But that's it. That's all for today, guys. Sorry that was loud. I just yelled into the (laughs) microphone. But thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch up with you on Thursday. And until then, keep it human. Bye.